Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm John McEnroe. I'm Bjorn Borg. This is Martina Navratilova. I'm Mats Vilander. This is Mary Carrillo. I'm Stan Wawrinka. I'm Leighton Hewitt. I'm Andy Murray. And you're listening to the Tennis Podcast. So Matt and I have just walked out of Melbourne Park in the pouring rain and uh, we are soaked to the skin. But that's all in a good cause because we are around Catherine's lounge table uh, watching the longest match in history between, uh, which one is it? Jordan Thompson. Jordan Thompson. I've and learned his name. I'm, I'm, all, I'm all over it. Okay. And Fabio Fanini, who are five all in the fifth and seem to have had a, a 28 juice game um, in order to stay at that point. So we thought what we'd do is record the podcast anyway, and m- maybe that one will be uh, decided by the time we finish. Uh, and other stuff's happened today. Like what? Well, I was, I was just going to insert there... That what you told me about it not just being rain but but dirty rain <laughs> <laughs> sounds odd, yeah. doesn't it? brown rain <laughs> yes it was it was muddy rain uh coming <laughs> from the sky i mean a, 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 the theory seemed to be that it might be something to do with the bushfires um and if it if there was smoke in the air then that would make sense i guess um but it has been raining cats and dogs for hours and uh and was thoroughly miserable but here we are with beer and chips and um, as a result, my socks are wet. <laughs> they really did arrive looking in absolute state, folks. It was a scene. Yeah. Pretty sure we stink. And they closed. <laughs> they closed. I've got to not laugh because some feedback from my dad on yesterday's podcast is that it was too much giggling. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry. Dad. So try not to have too much fun, everyone. <laughs> um, oi. Stop it. I'm feeling sufficiently miserable. Yeah. I'm definitely miserable. Yeah. One time in my life, I've been accused of being too fun. Um, <laughs> too jolly. Too jolly. Okay. Um, they closed the roof on the Rod Laver Arena while they were playing tennis on it. Yeah. David, you mm. must have been in the commentary bunker while that was happening. Yes. I, I, it, they can close that thing pretty quickly, can't they? That was during the Federer match, wasn't it? Serena? Serena. Was it? I think, Serena. Yeah. Okay. yeah. It's been a long day. <laughs> Yeah, it, it puts the other slams to shame, really, how quickly they can close that roof on the Rod Laver Arena, as you said, while play is going on as yeah, well. And they just finished it off. Yeah, it was amazing. Um, so we started, uh, I started my day uh, a good 15 hours ago uh, with Heather Watson against Christine. Back Pushler. when you were dry. Yes. And, and it was quite, it was sunny and hot at that point and, and windy, really windy. That was the first most notable thing of the day the, the rain the dirty rain the muddy rain feels like a footnote today feels like it was wind dominated um and and actually the wind 
contributed to some of the, the score lines we saw, I thought, today. For instance, my prediction that I got wrong with Katie McNally in the newsletter, uh, which you can sign up to and find out about other wrong predictions I've made. Um, <laughs> Speak for yourself, David. A zero it's interesting. Out of three. It's supposed to be a leveller, isn't it, Wind? But it, it's not. That's such a reductive way to dis- to describe the effect of wind. It just hurts on- certain players. Yeah, exactly. And, and can suit certain players, mm. I think. I mean... Andy Murray and and Nadal always talks about yes being from an island Mallorca and I, I did wonder whether Heather Watson has had some windy days well, in Guernsey. Yeah, she said it yeah. is. She said it's very windy in Guernsey. She said it was very windy in Hobart where she got to the semis, mm. and she was right in her element. She said today, whereas she's playing Kristina Pliskova, who's really tall, got a massive serve, but you know she's happier indoors. Mm. Frankly, big flat hitters. Both Plushkovers, Burdick hated playing in the wind, didn't he? Mm. Um, I mean, Czech players, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Kvitova yeah. Wouldn't have, didn't fancy it at all early on. She managed to get through, but wasn't 100% comfortable out there. Um, and anyway, Heather Watson won, so she's through to play Elise Mertens. What about Naomi Osaka today? Because for the most part, she seemed happy enough, but then there was a... There was a little bit of a moment. Mm. Well, the, the question I asked her in the press conference was, how did you feel waking up on such a windy day? Because I kind of thought she might be a player who didn't like the wind so much. And classic Osaka, she gave you a kind of answer you weren't expecting. She said, well, it, w- it wasn't that windy. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, was she, was she playing in another city? I know. She, she, she just didn't think it was that bad. She says, compared to other places where we play, she said, I don't want to call out the tournaments, but some of them are really windy, and this just wasn't that bad compared to it. She was on the Margaret Court Arena, right? Pretty enclosed. Which is probably the most sheltered. Mm, yeah. I think so. The, yeah. yeah. I, I think don't so. think they have elements in there. No. No. Um, so, but yeah, she, she. It was windy, Naomi. All right. Yeah, it really was. Um, but yeah, she played well, and I thought it was impressive because what I said the other day about how she's accepting really that some matches are going to be difficult and being okay with that, and that's <laughs> that mindset's particularly important in the wind. Um, and she played well. She did have a lapse in the second set where she got broken, kicked her racket, looked a bit frustrated but snapped back into gear and won the, won the last four games of the match. Um, and then she had a really weird on-court interview where the interviewer... He, he had a moment which I sort of always fear of his poor grasp of mathematics being exposed publicly, where he told Osaka that she can get back to number one this tournament... And she said, I don't think I can. I'm worried about dropping out of the top 10. And, of course, she can't because she's defending 2,000 points and Barty's number one is, is completely safe. Um, yeah, oh, really dear. weird moment. Oh, dear. Ash Barty's number one and she's going to stay there. And uh, she won today. She was pretty comfortable, I think. I mean, I, her match went so, by so quickly. I yeah, don't, I, I don't really remember anything it. about yeah, it. Yeah, I, I sneezed through it. <laughs> Right. Okay, Catherine's report. Um, I was expecting to wake up and see some of it, but it was over. Right. The opportunity missed. The only thing I know about it is that she was uh, happy in the corridor when I happened to be walking to the commentary box and uh, she was walking past Caroline Wozniacki and they had a, a high 10. Well, I did see a lot of Caroline Wozniacki against Diana Stremska. Um, in fact, I watched that back to back. Once that finished, I was watching on on uh, Channel Nine for a lot this afternoon. Once that finished, they bobbed over to Coco Goff, 
um, against Serrano Castella and those two matches back to back it was probably sort of an hour and a half of just brilliant tennis watching all the best things about tennis Wozniacki Ostremska had just the incredible contrast of styles that has typified so many of Wozniacki's great matches over the years um, I think she won I think it might even have been six games in a row to mm. win the first set. She was 5-1 five, five, down. 5-1 five, one five, down, one yeah. down. Won six games in a row to win the first set. And then she was down again. Three love double break. Three love double break in the second and, and came back. And Yastrzemska kept on saving match points. She was serving to stay in it. And I think she saved at least five mm. um, with really gutsy play. And the commentators were saying, oh, I just want to see Wozniacki go for it a bit more on match point. And I was like... We've literally had a whole career of Wozniacki. <laughs> that is not what she does. And it will probably, in the end, her ploy will prove to come out on top. And it did. She just did her thing. She just never let it go. She's incredible on the court. I wish I liked her a bit more off the court. I wish I saw what I see on the court off it a bit more. And there was a real moment of rawness. You had this really unique moment of Caroline Wozniacki just being stripped down. You know, she wasn't the celebrity or the gutsy fighter or the, you know, all the various things she's she's been over the years. She was just a woman that's had a incredible career that knows it's coming to an end and sort of all the pathos that, that goes along with that. Um, just the most fitting, well, if that turns out to be Wozniacki's last win, so fitting. And Yastrzemska once again exits Melbourne Park in tears for the second year running. Yes, because the other one was against Serena Williams last year, wasn't it? A um, c- couple of things. Caroline Wozniacki, the, just the way you've described her victory, that it was everything that her career has has made us know her to be, Remind me of mm. reminded me of Andy Murray yep. last year. Just going to say that in that match that mm. uh, she just gave that snapshot D- of dug who into she is. history, as you said in a yeah. line that was used in the um, resurfacing documentary. A brilliant line. Felt like he just started digging into history, and yeah. that's what it felt like with Wozniacki today. And it was really special. I accidentally get it right every now and again. She sort of created her own tribute to herself and. And it was, and it felt really uh, symbolic and significant for me, based on what she'd said in her pre-tournament press conference when she was one of several players, as we mentioned in our podcast, who was asked about Caroline Wozniak, um, Kim Kleister's coming coming back, and Caroline Wozniak was talking about how the how the game had moved on in the in the past decade, and Yastremska to me felt like the embodiment of the way that tennis, especially women's tennis, has moved on. The fact that Yastremska's just got the speed of shot that Wozniacki just simply hasn't gotten. So many players now, like Yastremska, can hit the ball like that. And I thought if if Wozniacki were going to lose that match, it would be symbolic because it was kind of a new era coming through. But the fact that she managed to win it was also kind of significant because it just showed how Wozniacki has always managed to use the best of her game to beat players who've got more in their game than her. So, in a way, it was it was kind of a vintage Wozniacki win in that way. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. We've had some post-match aggro uh, oh, following yes. that match. I mean, first of all, we should say that Dani Yastremska took an injury timeout, I think at 7-5-6-5, something but, like that. But prior to Wozniacki 
serving for the match. No, so Yastremska no. was going to serve so to, to stay, stay in, in the it. match. Right. Yeah. 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 Yes, um, that's right. Yeah. And uh, at which point, at the end of the match, when uh, Caroline Wozniacki was asked about that, she said, "Oh yeah, she's tried that trick before." Mm. And it and it's just and ask it's, Kiki Burton. And it's true. She she really has a reputation, Yastremska, for doing this repeatedly and she's not had a long career and you know people are already coming up with five six multiple examples of times she's done this yeah as you mentioned against kiki burton's in zuhai i think it was um not a good reputation to have it must be said but then sasha buy-in came out on twitter obviously yastremska's coach and said that is you know he was he was really defending her and saying you don't know she's injured but it looks exactly like what she's done in the past of timing timing the timeout just as she's losing momentum and, and her opponent's about to win. Yeah, yeah, he, he really came out firing and he was sort of basically saying to all those people uh, talking rubbish about Yastremska, she had a serious, had, a, had an injury and, and only those in the coaching part know about it. Well, okay, well, one of the people, Sasha, that was saying it, was Caroline Wozniacki, who you used to work with. Um, so, you, you know, maybe maybe have a word with her, uh, because she was pretty convinced uh, not sure about it. i not speaking to her. <clears throat> and um, as you said, Catherine, I mean, Wozniacki was pretty punchy about it. Imagine how punchy she would have been if she'd lost. Yeah. <laughs> it almost that, makes me wish she'd lost, just to the aggro that would have ensued. And that's not to say that she isn't injured or wasn't injured. I, I have no knowledge whatsoever, but, the, but she did take that injury time out at a particular point, and... When it happened uh, against Kiki Burton's, she was asked about it, and uh, was and it, the question was, "You seemed frustrated by it." And Burton said, "Well, I've played her three times, and three times it's happened." So there's my answer. <laughs> I'm worried that you're both coughing after your stint in the dirty rain. Yeah, we are. But that's how much this means. Now I'm worried about it. I hadn't made that connection. <laughs> uh, it's it's okay. It's okay. Anyway, so that, that all happened, and, uh, and Caroline Wozniacki's career goes on. So well done to her. As you say, then she was followed on, kind of the, the story then became Coco Goff, didn't it? Who, yep. from what I understand, wasn't playing that well, and yet she still won against Veronica uh, Stair. What, what did you think? I didn't well, see it. Uh, we joined the match in the, uh, was it deciding set? Um I only watched the final set of it. Right. Um, long, so I, long match, wasn't it? I can't, I can't tell you how she was playing at the start, but I can tell you how she was playing at the end. She was a breakdown, in fact, in the deciding set when we joined it, I think. She was three love down. Yeah, she was three love down in the <coughs> deciding set. And just her instinctive fighting spirit was... It was Wozniacki-esque. Um, it was completely extraordinary um I, i'd say her her ground strokes maybe weren't firing as brilliantly as they can be but uh, like you in the previous round Matt, i was so struck by the weight of her serve mm. first and second serves i mean it's it's unreal it's and there's something about the sort of texture of it that you can you there's can a pop absolutely that even those second serves you can see they're going through the court with with real menace um, and she was just, she was just the real deal, you know. She was just so complete and not afraid to try things, despite 
how nerve-inducing the school line was. You know, we had a, or you having a chat with with Mary uh, Carrillo, who's unfortunately not at this Australian Open, about you know the the difference between certain top players and players that you fear will never quite be top players. And Mary talked about whimsy, you know that, and she she encapsulated what whimsy is in tennis so brilliantly didn't she she talked about this sort of willingness and inclination to just try something because you can and you want to I mean obviously the on the other end of that you've got Zverev's tweener <laughs> which is an advert for not whimsy <laughs> he, he's not really the whimsy type no exactly um but yeah Coco Goff is just not afraid to try stuff uh, in, in gutsy moments, and it's just a joy, a joy to behold. Alexander Zverev, not whimsical. <laughs> um, but he, he did, uh, Chris Clary pointed out a, a, an answer he gave in his press comments that, that he was impressed with, and I have to say I agree, in reference to this this extraordinary amount of money that he was offering if he would have won the tournament, unlikely as that may be uh, for the bushfire relief. But He's just, not the favourite. N- no. That's how he puts I, it. I think, I think that. That's certainly accurate, uh, but it was more the the appreciation of just his position and then actually how how good he's got it. It wasn't just paying lip service to that. There was mm. a clear understanding, and I really liked the way he said, "Look, I know it's easy for me to say I don't play for the money because I guess I've got money." Is kind of what he was getting at. But I liked the way he talked about how what I want to do is play on these big stadiums, and I love tennis. And I just really enjoyed listening Mm. to him Mm. break it down like that, really. Yeah, saying an extra, well, getting three and a half million or whatever it is for winning the Australian Open wouldn't do anything for how he felt about winning the Australian Open. That's that's Mm. not why he's playing. So therefore, a far better use of that money would be to go to the relief cause. Yeah. Um, So those, I mean, those are the two biggest match and matches and stories of the day um, in terms of the ones that, for instance, led our bulletins on the radio. But then we've had a, a couple of epics elsewhere. We've got one going on at the moment, which is in a final set tiebreak, one of those first to tenors between Fab- Fabio Fanini and uh, Jordan Thompson. Thompson. <laughs> I keep wanting to say James Doug. <laughs> anyway, it's your fault. Um, and... There was the match between Grigor Dimitrov and Tommy Paul, which I can't quite get my head around. It was well over four hours. It was Tommy Paul leading two sets to love. Dimitrov comes back heroically to two sets all. Catherine's just face has just kind of winced at the thought <laughs> of it. Um, and then Dimitrov got himself into a winning position, serving for the match. Catherine can't, Catherine can't look. I can't can't look at us when I'm saying this. And then Tommy Paul won. Well, it's it's very important for my career that Tommy Paul doesn't become a big thing because <laughs> I accidentally just really pissed him off yesterday. Okay, what did you do? <laughs> um, I was standing in the media area by the lifts where the players, which is just sort of like hub type spot in the media centre. You haven't um, been here for a day. Well, yeah, I was I was stuck in that <laughs> vortex of seeing lots of people for the first time um, and saying all those hellos. And that vortex happened to 
Um, There's a vortex. <laughs> um, present itself uh, but by the that. lift, but in between the lift where the players emerge um, and the main press conference, or the corridor down to the various press conference rooms and areas. Um, and I was standing with one colleague and friend, and another one was walking down um, towards us, and and um, I greeted him, but you know, with arms open, did a big, you know, hello. Hey, great to see you. Um, I went big. I went big on the great to see you. Um, and I, I hadn't noticed that there was a tennis player, a tennis player sort of cross, cut across the path between me and colleague slash friend at that moment. And he turned around um, and, and to, to sort of politely say, oh, you know, well, to see who it was and sort of opened his mouth as if to say, great. And I instinctively and before I had the chance to con- correct myself just said no not you <laughs> <laughs> and it was Tommy, it was Tommy Paul <laughs> you've got to stop this because it's too much giggling and my dad will be tuning out sorry dad oh. um, but, and before and he gave me a look and before I had a chance to <laughs> to give a non-instinctive no no I'm sorry it's the chat behind you um, rep- he'd already checked out of the conversation <laughs> um, so Hawks <laughs> I'm hoping that the fact that I was wearing my glasses will mean that when I cease to be a glasses wearer unless he's got really good facial recognition I will, I will be off the hook in a sort of Clark, Clark Kent Superman style way or maybe he's listening and you mm. can say I really am sorry it was it, it came out it really came out rude um, and that was it was not the intention at all right okay um, the match um, was I, I, I actually saw Tommy Paul play tennis for the first time and really take notice of it I think against Alexander Zverev at the French Open this year I think it was in the first or the second round and it was an absolutely cracking match and he had this way of steering the ball around that I really enjoyed watching. I'd I'd, I'd not really seen him before and just loved the timing on his ground strokes. You said to me, Matt, how taken with him you were. Perhaps you can explain what you saw in that match with Dimitrov because I didn't see that much of it. Yeah, I was really struck by how in how good he made me feel how much i enjoyed watching him and i think the what what really struck me was there were a lot of american male tennis players who play in a very similar style uh jack sock sam query john isner riley apelka they're all pretty much big serve big forehand it's it's sort of one one type fits all it seems a lot with these american male players at the moment and i would be really uplifted if i was if i was an american tennis fan watching tommy paul today because his brand of tennis was way more exciting um and i asked him about it in the press conference i said you've got a bit of a different style do you know why and he basically said well because i grew up on clay uh, he that's that's what struck me watching this match at the french open how comfortable he looked out there yeah and, he, and he, he grew up on clay he said that the in america in america the club he went to was um 
four outdoor clay courts and three indoor clay courts. And he was playing hard court tournaments, but he was only tra- training on clay. And he thinks that that really helped develop an all-court game. Uh, and he's, he's more complete. His, his backhand is rock solid. His, he shovels it like Kyrgios. Um, and his, his forehand, he can inject pace into it. His serves, you know, solid. Um, and I just, I found him fluid and good to watch. Like you said, he moves the ball around. He's a good mover himself. It was a physical match, lots of dynamic rallies for Dimitrov, who wasn't playing badly, Dimitrov himself. Um, he wasn't quite at his best, but lots of, lots of fun rallies. And yeah, I was, I was uplifted by Tommy Paul. Um, he's, he's pretty level-headed, down-to-earth, quite honest about the fact that he's struggled to make that transition from being a really good junior to being a pro. Uh, he said he just wasn't wasn't really mentally ready to dedicate himself to the sport in the way that you have to. Um, he was he was upfront about that, but he says he, he's there now. Um, and he referenced in the on-court interview, I, I'm not really, I've never really had anything like this before. I'm not really used to this. Yeah. Um, he was really bowled over just by the occasion, by the moment. And uh, it was it was quite nice to see that, just seeing somebody just t- not taking it for granted, yeah. not blasé about and, it. This was a massive deal. And I should say, without wishing to get too carried away, you know, he, he might struggle in the next round. He's played nine sets of tennis in two days. He played a four-setter yesterday, five-setter, four-and-a-half-hour today, and he came into the press conference, which was at the same time as the Serena Williams press conference. And I was waiting for Tommy Paul in room two, and Tommy Paul came in. And it was just me and one other journalist in there. And the moderator said, we're just going to wait three minutes or so for Serena's to finish because we think quite a few journalists will want to come in. So we just sat there with Tommy Paul for a bit and there'd been, I don't know, a minute silence or whatever and I thought I was thinking it was a bit awkward. So I said, so, how are you feeling? And he went, not good. <laughs> just physically? Physically not good. And his press conference was at about 10, 10 p.m. and his match, his match finished around 7. Wow. So Which is generally an indicator that there's been two hours of massage. Yeah. yeah. To, to get them able to walk yeah. far enough and to get to the press contorting conference. Contorting bodies to try to stop getting cramp and yeah. stuff yeah. like that. And he's playing doubles tomorrow. So God knows what shape he's going to be in. For, Who's his doubles partner? Uh, Fritz. Who Who's was, playing singles tomorrow also. Yeah, and Fritz was in his box. And Fritz was who Tommy Paul beat in the French Open Junior final of 2015, I think. Um, so just an indicator there that Fritz yeah. has really made that transition to top 30 that Paul hasn't yet. But... Game-wise, I, re- I was really more impressed with Paul. Mm. Yeah, it's Exciting. very interesting, yeah. Um, when we talked about this subject, you, your, your face fell partly out of the excruciating embarrassment of your encounter with Tommy Paul, but also because it was Grigor Dimitrov, I think, as well. And, the, and he, just, he does break your heart, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah. I, I, you I mean, feel it because he's, he is we talked about it the other night he's a lovely guy and he tried so hard today he fought his heart out for four and a half hours everybody loves him who watches him play and he couldn't get over the line and it was fair play I mean Tommy Paul deserved the win in the end but it, he does make you feel for him and he's never come back to win a match from two sets down is that right this was his 20th attempt and he got to within two points of doing it. Which is surprising, given how fit he how is. Fit, yeah. He never looks tired, really, does mm. he? I, he, I think he's come close a couple of times, but this was the closest he's ever, he's ever come to, to pulling that off. But he didn't. <laughs> how, did, how did Serena Williams look to you today? Imperious. 
for for a set and a bit, and then it got a bit dicey, didn't mm. it? In yeah. the middle of that second set. And, but it, sorry, I was just. I popped into the Serena press conference before the Tommy Paul one and just caught a little bit of what she was saying. And she said that at the start of that second set was the was the worst she's played all year. But the way she was able to mm. suddenly turn it around was really encouraging. Um, and she suddenly, she has that ability to kind of bend matches to the way she wants them to go mm. when she's at her best. And she suddenly got loud and got intense and got in her opponent's face it was really cool that period of the match because Tamara Zidansek is that mm. correct she is so quick around the court I was taken by her movement and she started to play some pretty inspirational shots as well that I feel as though Serena over the last year and a half when things have you know she hasn't played that much and and she's had moments in matches where she started to fret a little bit and mm. get rattled and it could have happened mm-hmm. because uh, she was having to withstand a lot of irritation, really, in the middle of that second set. And as you say, she suddenly started to get loud and, every, and just forced the match her way. Yeah, I mean, that's what I was so impressed by, really, um, that her, she, she prevented Zidane from getting on a real roll. Mm. Um, and she just sort of snuffed it out and imposed herself and... Um, didn't didn't show any hints of that you know she can start she she has every now and then done that pained serena williams expression you know that just agonized how can this person be playing this well against me type expression and that could have started happening and she just wasn't having it she wasn't letting that happen today that is something really interesting because serena always says that she feels like she has to play the best version of an opponent. She feels like they always mm. play up against her. And I I think that does happen a lot of the time. I, I do think there's certainly been a lot of occasions where some some players have uh, kind of cowed in the, in, in the situation and shrunk. So I don't think it works. That's necessarily true all the time. But today it definitely was true. She was playing an opponent who was playing at her absolute best. And as you said, for her to not get frustrated by that was and kind of use it as fuel in a way was was what was so impressive about her Novak Djokovic today lost I think just six games seven games um yeah seven games uh against uh, Tatsuma Ito uh, and now plays Yoshihito Nishioka who beat Dan Evans today in straight sets um looked very good today Djokovic Federer looked extravagantly good I thought I don't know what you thought. Uh, yeah, I went. I went out for the first set of that first set and a half, and my word, Federer started well. He was so clean, so sharp, z- basically zero shanking, and just everything coming out the middle of his strings. And I think he broke. Uh, who was he playing? Krajanovic in the second game, just as he'd broken Steve Johnson in his first service game. And once he's off to a f- quick yeah. start, you kind of just think it's it's over really he was just in that kind of mood it was a it was a really sort of pleasing on the eye thrashing because Federer was doing everything that he does when he's at his best just hitting backhand winners you know off Uh, his toes and that was whimsy (laughs) (laughs) one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes nice dress Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt until you tried it on same goes for your health care 
That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive in June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hello Tennis Podcast listeners, David here. Now you might know that I love a bit of cooking, and I think I'm quite good at it. But if I'm honest, even I get fed up trying to work out what to do every night. That's where Home Chef comes in. Being able to put together a delicious meal without the long prep and the cook times, well that's pretty cool. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. They have over 30 options a week and serve a variety of dietary needs, so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it's economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. Now, for a limited time, Home Chef is offering tennis podcast listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and, of course, free shipping on your very first box. Go to homechef.com slash tennis. That's homechef.com slash tennis for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard it right. <laughs> yeah. He admitted afterwards that he felt sorry for <laughs> yeah. Krajanovic. Like um, when he laughed at Berrettini. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> When his kids laughed at him as well, yeah. Admittedly, I mean, part of that was because he had a day off yesterday and Kronovich played five sets and uh, was absolutely out on his feet. Yeah, Um, well, I mean, that is a a point that was made by... um, I'm trying to make things serious now because you started laughing about something and I've got my dad ringing in my ears. Make things serious. Um, a point made by uh, a journalist colleague of ours, Stephanie Mars, on Twitter uh, in response to somebody um, having a bit of a pop at Hubert Hercatch for apparently he looked like he was on the brink, at least considering retiring um, in his match against John Millman, ended up losing in three sets. He did get to the end. Um, but Hubert Hercatch played five sets yesterday mm. um, in a match that was originally scheduled for. Monday got rained off. He hung around till ten thirty p.m. Uh, on Monday before that match was cancelled. Had to come back and play first on on Tuesday. Played five sets and then had to come back and play on Wednesday. And that is a heck of an ask for any player. The, and this person on Twitter was saying it's shameful that he's thinking of packing it in just because he's. Um, tired, you know, just ask Federer Nadal. Djokovic has retired a few more times, but latterly, you know, not much at all. Just ask any of those top guys how often they've retired in, in matches. Um, and of course, 
that would never happen to them. That sequence of events would never happen to Roger Federer or Rafael Nadal because they'll always be scheduled on the top courts, which, well, Philippe Chatrier aside, because they're taking their sweet time in France, <laughs> will always have a roof and they'll always, by and large, roughly know their start time, etc., etc. Those scenarios don't happen to those top guys mm-hmm. um, because I'm not saying they've not earned that. It's just a fact. They... They get the the completely sweet end of the deal. Yeah. Um, John Millman. John Millman next, who Federer said that when he played him in New York, he he almost passed out. (laughs) Yeah. And which is true, I think. I mean, that's the the most extraordinary image I think we've probably ever seen of Federer. Yeah. It's it's the first time you've you've looked at him look really uncomfortably sweaty Mm. and as though he's his power is just draining away in front of your very eyes and his opponent was getting stronger and fitter and just took over. And I think I think it was it was shortly after Federer had signed with Uniqlo, wasn't it? And people were saying, Oh God, Uniqlo needs to create a a, a shirt that is better than dealing with the sweat. I don't breathable. Think was, yeah. And I maybe that was there a... There is no fabric that breathable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was just... He was just wilting in those conditions. And I, I think he used the phrase, I was just glad to get off the court. I was just glad it was over when it was done. Um, but yeah, Millman has obviously beaten Federer in the past, but Federer's draw has massively opened up with... Dimitrov going out today, who obviously um, beat him at the last slam. Berrettini was the highest seed in Federer's quarter. He's gone. He lost in five to Tennis Sangren. And suddenly we're in a situation where Federer's got no top 40 players before the quarterfinals. Shapovalov out. In Shapovalov has already gone. Uh, so <laughs> he's, he's you know, you're penciling Federer in for the semis already, to be honest. He was, he was asked in his press conference whether, whether he's worried about having kind of easy matches whether he wants a bit of a test and he said no no I prefer to be undercooked than overcooked which incidentally does not apply to the vegetables in the media centre <laughs> which are far too well, well no it does Those yes vegetables sorry yes do prefer to be undercooked yeah, well, certainly but, that's how the chef yeah prefers but they them. shouldn't be why Matt left a whole plate of vegetables no, yesterday no. They're, they're in disgust they're supposed to be the like chap that. came no. around and said are these done and Matt said yes they are <laughs> Take them away. They're they're basically crudite. Yeah, which is great. Not if they're advertised, advertised as, as, as cooked veg. Cooked veg. They're, they're no. just not. The stalks cooked. on you, the broccoli are inedible. You need to come to Chef Law's course. I don't mind al dente. I quite like al dente, but inedible broccoli stalks. It's not. I'm not having it. Okay, we'll carry on this later. Uh, John Millman, can he win? How does he win? The tournament. (laughs) (laughs) Can he beat Federer? Can he win the tournament? (laughs) What's the forecast for Friday? Pass. I don't know. He needs it to be... Uncomfortable. Uncomfortable, yeah. He needs it to be an entirely physical battle. He can't beat him in tennis terms. Who are the crowd going to be on for? Federer. John Millman is so Aussie, though. He's so... But he, but he admitted himself... Aussie. He admitted himself. He's going to be on Rod Laver Arena. A lot of that stadium is... You know, there's corporate seats in there. If you're playing Federer on Rod Laver Arena, he's, he's probably not going to have the support. He, 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 he said, you know, stick it out on Melbourne Arena. That would help me, where there's ground pass holders. I, yeah. I think Federer will have the support. I think you could... 
if you wanted to create a little side business, you could you could make some of those half and half scarves. <laughs> yes. That you'd sell who, out. Who? Even though they're absolutely who, they're all. If it was Curios Federer, who would have the support? Oh, Federer. Federer, I think. Unless it was on Melbourne Arena. So there's mm. so there's nobody. There's nobody. I don't think so. Ash Barty. I mean, look. I mean, I know it's a different. Yeah, Ash Barty. Yeah, literally, Ash Barty. I think would have more support than Federer. But I mean. It's the same on pretty much every main stadium in, in tennis. I mean, I remember that, that those match, those times he's played Mario at Wimbledon. It's, yeah, it's, for some it's reason I think of it as least so here of the four slams. That might be uh, baseless. Evidently. I would say it's baseless. <laughs> I think that's baseless, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um Yes, so that's that's what's happened today. Anything else? Can't well, think of we d- well, we didn't mention um, while we were discussing their second round matches that Goff now plays Osaka. Oh, mm. for the second slam in yeah. a row in Last the third round. Osaka won when we and we were in the pub. Yeah, we got it all wrong. <laughs> I was four beers law that night, and I was trying to ascertain what was being said without being able to hear any of it, and I was drunk <laughs> so great. so i said what i thought and then i got a hundred bazillion messages telling me i'd got it completely wrong and that maybe i should turn the sound on next time we had subtitles to be fair we weren't flying completely blind i could not read those subtitles. <laughs> um, so uh, do you think the the result could be any different i mean that was a pretty comfortable win from osaka wasn't it that night yeah uh, result no I think I think Osaka will still win I expect it to be closer I think it was something like three and one or one and three something like that in, in New York and I think it will be closer but arguably Osaka's playing better than she was when she, when she was at, at the US Open we've talked about how stressed she was at that tournament she seems a lot freer now um, yeah. so yeah I do expect Osaka to have too much the um the stadium announcer doing the interviews on the Melbourne Arena, which is where Coco Goff played today, um, he he did a perfectly good interview with with her after the match. Uh, but the last question was about, "Well, you play Osaka next," um, and the crowd went, "Ooh," <laughs> which is great. Um, that sort of raw reaction to that matchup, um, and hopefully a matchup that we'll be seeing for the next decade and more. Um, yeah. And so Coco Goff gave her answer about, yeah, we played New York. It's going to be great. I'm really excited. And then um, the stadium announcer said, oh, and you've had so much support on the Melbourne Arena today. Would you like to play back here again? Incidentally, that is the smallest Grand Slam stadium court she's ever played on. She's never played on a third court before. And she sort of awkwardly said, yeah, sure. If I get support like this, I'd love to play out here. But her tone of voice said... I definitely know that match is going to be on Rod Laver <laughs> Arena, <laughs> which was, yeah, it was sort of, she handled it so well. She um, did, she handles everything well. Yeah. Um, and on the subject of Rod Laver Arena, Garbinia Magarutha against Ayla Tomljanovic to mm. start tomorrow. That could go either way. Um, Matt and I were not convinced by Magarutha a couple of days ago. No, no. no. Has anybody gone for that as an upset tomorrow in the newsletter? No. Still time to change your mind. Mm, I've already popped my... I hovered over it. Okay. But I've I've gone for Taylor Townsend because okay. I can't distinguish my heart from my head. Right. Uh, get yourself on the newsletter, folks. 
if you want to know every day what we've gone for in our daily predictions against Melanie Bowes, uh, who's uh, our foe for this fortnight. Uh, Laura Sigmund you against Karen Pliskova. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's my enemy in predictions. Um, and then we've got uh, Zverev against Gerasimov, who I don't know much about. Igor Gerasimov. Did he play for Bulgaria in the ATP Cup? I want to say yes. I think he did. I think he did. It does ring a bell. Anyway, he's playing against Alexander Zverev on Rod Live Arena. Evening session, Harriet Dart against Samantha Halep. Um, so that's a great opportunity for her. Hopefully it goes well, yeah, I mean, last time she was that on that court. That is the best possible way of looking at it. She yeah. lost 6-love, six 6-love six last time against Maria Sharap over a year ago. I think she'll do all right this time. You know, it's it's players who blast her off I the think court. she'll win That's games. Yeah. yeah, so do I. That's enough. Um, she's already into the second round. And then Rafael Nadal against Federica Del Bonis. I went for Yelena Ostapenko to beat Belinda Bencic, I think. Did you? Mm. Yeah, mm. which is Margaret Corder. And you also have Bencic in your quarterfinals. Yeah. Oh. So you've got, you've it's got called both, head, it's yeah, called hedging, hedging there. Sort of. I forgot that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Then Medvedev against Martinez and Kerber's playing and Vavrinka against Seppi. Uh, Svitolina, Vekic, Corne. Is it Svitolina playing somebody? I remember putting an asterisk by Svitolina when Lauren I was Davis she's yeah. playing. Uh, Nick Lauren Kyrgios. Davis had match points against Halep here a couple of years ago. Do you know, I very nearly picked Gilles Simon to beat Nick Kyrgios. Mm. Mm. It, it, there is a world in which that, there's several worlds in which that happens. But there's also a world in which Kyrgios just serves bombs for an hour and a half and beats him in straight sets. Imagine the aggro between Danielle Collins and Yulia Patinsky. <laughs> oh, is that oh I'm going to go and watch just that. Just imagine that. That's going to be I mean, great. One of us needs to go and watch just yeah. that. Yes. Well, when's that on? Um, it's, they've, they've put it out the way because it, it's it's probably you know is it in the tw- is the court number in the twenties? It's it's definitely in the in the teens. Okay. Um, in fact, I can't even see it. I think they've not listed it. <laughs> They're doing a lot of scrolling. It's it's a little bit like a sort of eighteen films certificate. You know, just put it out the way um, because it anything can happen. Um, so that's all tomorrow and uh, yeah we've been the tennis podcast and we have mascots Uh, one of them is Crumble for the Australian Open the lovely Crumble Carol Kirkwood's a fan yeah Carol Kirkwood from BBC Breakfast fame said uh, said, what a cutie uh, and quite right too Uh, and we have Butler who's our year long mascot um, here on the tennis podcast tell your friends tell your friends tell everybody no Tell everybody you know. Tell random strangers in the street. Tell um, people that you just see of a morning when you're de-icing your car, <laughs> when you're doing the school run. If, if, you, if you think that person looks like a tennis fan or just a, a potential tennis podcast fan, get them to listen to this show. Also, leave us an iTunes review because at the moment we, we've been spending most of the day uh, ranked number four in the country uh, out of all sports podcasts on, on iTunes, which is a, which is a record for us. Um, so leave us a review on there and tell everybody how amazing we are. Um, not, not that I'm sort of trying to big myself up or anything. Um, He's dried off and he's back to full jolliness, folks. <laughs> I, I did feel a bit glum when I walked in. That's the most. You both looked. I wasn't expect. You hadn't told me what the conditions were like out there. It was really a sight. You to could behold. have looked out of the window. I mean, 
it wasn't it's dark you knew the roof was closed on on market call that was a bit of a giveaway <laughs> i haven't been that wet in a long time yeah david's um, pockets were wet yeah so anyway <laughs> I, i've cheered up now this is sight i can't get out of my i've had two-thirds of a bottle of beer and i've had a 45 minute chat with my mates on the podcast and i'm all right uh so we'll be back tomorrow and every day of the australian open anything else would you like me to do some shout outs go, oh go on then uh, yes people that have backed our kickstarter and enabled you to be here well, i have two today because i rather forgot to look them up earlier so i was rushing to look them up before we recorded but yes thank you to helena fotak yeah friend of mine oh really yeah she is how cool (laughs) in fact she's living in my house at the moment oh really she's a good friend of my wife (laughs) so there we are i I didn't look these ones up folks matt just picked them out unbelievable she's back the podcast (laughs) what about will ford do we know him Doesn't Is he about. living in your, in your <laughs> home at the He's moment? He's living in your house. <laughs> <laughs> right, Will. There's, one, there's 1,400 people on that, on that Kickstarter list that I was scrolling through, and I picked out the one that's living in your house. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, and, and Will, <laughs> thanks for your support, Will. Um, you can live in my house in about 20 years' time. It's fine. Um, and we will be back with another one of these tomorrow when we'll be ready to rumble because um, I, I won't have been absolutely soaked on my way home. Although apparently it is going to rain all day <laughs> long. Say, there's going to be no play tomorrow. It's forecast folks. awful for tomorrow. Yeah, terrible. Terrible. Right. So, um, yeah. So, I, more advances for the top players. Yeah. So, you lot are coming around my house tomorrow, all right? Done. I'm not doing this again. Apparently, uh, apparently you'll let anyone stay in your house. <laughs> that's right. Uh, See you tomorrow, folks. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.